Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers post game, brought to you by our friends at Mortgage CS. I'll tell you about them in a minute. But first, my name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Joining me in just a little bit will be Charlie O'Connor, live from the Wells Fargo Center. Once he does all his, you know, journalism stuff, talk to the coach, see what players are available, go over this. Uh, ridiculous travesty of a game i don't want to make too much of it but as as they said you know as the uh, broadcast turned to the post game flyers just one win in their uh, last seven it is not going well for this team they take on the bottom feeding columbus blue jackets tonight and lose in the shootout the flyers of course go oh for three in the shootout we have plenty to talk to uh, to talk about in this game. Lots of lineup decisions, stuff I want to talk over with Charlie when he joins us. We'll get into it first, of course. Uh, but just to just to lead off for a second with uh, some decisions made in this one, it was I thought quite a. I'm trying to bring up oh, the shootout report is its own link now on NHL.com. There we go. Uh, so I, I wanted to. Just a small thing here. The uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, the hockey team, the Flyers, they cannot score. Except for all-star Travis Konechny. And congratulations to Travis Konechny for being named the uh, team's representative to an all-star. We'll see to the all-star game. We will see if they have another representative. I would be surprised. Uh, but... Travis Konechny, two goals tonight all over the place. He has been the sole offensive force for this team for a lot of this season. Now, Joel Farabee's in there. He's been pretty damn good. He was great again tonight. But you sent up in the shootout Sean Couturier and two rookies. Sean Couturier, Bobby Brink, and Tyson Forster. Now... I know maybe in practice, these guys, maybe they go deep in the you know end of practice shootout tournament or whatever it is they do to determine who gets to go in this. And Couturier he scored on that penalty shot. He scored with that move he uses a couple of times. He, I think he has better hands than we give him credit for. He hasn't been horrible in his career in shootouts, but I don't think anyone would be like, oh, well, yeah, Coots, obviously 100% he has to go. And then Bobby Brink, he's been hot and cold this season. Tyson Forster, he hasn't scored in, I have it somewhere in here. I think it's like 12, 13 games. Um, I don't care if every Travis Konechny goal this season was a Mike Knubel goal. 
like just winning a fight in front and the puck hits him and happens to like you put him out there. He scored two already. No one else. The Flyers scored two goals tonight. No one else scored any. How does the guy who scored against this goalie not get an opportunity? Also, no one else on the whole team can score ever. I'm I shouldn't be yelling. There's probably things I could be yelling about later that we'll get to, but just the thought process. Uh, and it, it's not as if Travis connect me is Mike Knubel. Um, he scores all of his goals on the rush. Now, a lot of them shots, a lot of them two on one opportunity, but the fact of the matter is he scores and he scores while skating towards the goalie quite a bit. To not give him the opportunity just seems kind of foolish. That's all. It's a small thing about tonight's game. There's lots of other things to be more frustrated about. We know that shootouts are kind of a coin flip. Now, this coin has been uh, coming up tails a lot for most of the last 20 years or so since since this shootout's been instituted. Uh, But that was just a small thing that annoyed me tonight. Uh, I'll tell you who doesn't annoy me, though. It's... It's our friends at Mortgage CS. And like I said, PHLY Flyers, this PHLY Flyers postgame is brought to you by our pals over at Mortgage CS. And that's right. Right there. You can you can text or call Ben, the CEO of Mortgage CS. It doesn't even have to be about buying a house. You can you can text him right now. Why the hell didn't Torts put out TK in the shootout? You will get an answer. That just goes to show you what kind of customer service Mortgage CS provides. Mortgage CS stands for Mortgage concierge service because that's what they're all about they like to think of themselves as a white glove service almost a mortgage butler service for you and charlie can attest to this when he's actually you know sitting next to me he and i both bought houses in the last couple of years and listen it all turned out fine it was all great uh maybe he's the one he's he's not married so he probably had to do all the work himself thank god i am married because I didn't do a damn thing except watch Ava do all the work. And it seemed like an extraordinary amount of time and effort because uh, we don't know what day, like, we don't know anything. We were 30 something trying to buy our first house. Like I have no savings. Uh, you know, like it was, it was a process to get from the point we were to the point where we were ready to buy a house and ready to get approved, make an offer, close the deal, move in, all of that stuff. It's a ton of work. And if you're not maybe involved in the business in some way, it might not be work that you're capable or willing to do. That's where Mortgage CS comes in handy. I wish I knew about Mortgage CS when I was buying a home. And if you're not quite there, but you're thinking, you know, down the line would like to own a home. Everyone tells me I'm throwing away money with rent. It's true. Uh, If you're not quite ready, but you want to know how to get yourself ready, so it's not like, okay, I'm ready to buy a house. Let me go look at one, and oh, damn, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. They will tell you the steps you need to take to get ready to buy a house. Everything you want. They are a full-service company, Mortgage CS, and you can call Ben Stucker right now. 267-391-7425. If you have questions about a mortgage, if you have questions about what the hell John Tortorello was doing tonight, he'll answer your texts. All right. That's uh, I think we've fulfilled our obligation there. I went on that long enough. Um, 
While we're on the subject of Travis Konechny, because honestly, I want to talk about all the bad shit with Charlie because I'm just trying to like, really, this is how the game... Like, my takeaway from the first 40 minutes of this game was Flyers are not playing great, but my God, Columbus is terrible. And somehow Columbus could just kind of kept themselves in this game. Daniil Tarasov, despite his... uh. Horrible career numbers, his horrible season numbers. He comes in and plays awesome. Only TK was able to beat him. Uh, just a very annoying game to lose, especially if you're kind of all in on the let's make the playoffs thing because they've already won too many games to probably get a top three pick. But let's talk about all-star Travis Konechny, named to his second all-star game uh, tonight, maybe just before. Yeah, there it is right there. It was like just before the game started or maybe after it had already gotten underway. But he is named an all-star for the Eastern Conference and you know, scored the first goal of the game, scored both goals tonight. That top line... For all of the issues I have with the team right now, the top line ain't one of them. It's almost to a point where I'm trying to think of other combinations to to create with these guys because like they're really good. And maybe just having those three is the only way that this team's going to sustain any offense. And it's like, all right, let's just kind of throw this line at him and hope the other three can stay above water. Was not the case tonight, but... Uh, With Farabee and Couturier, Travis Konechny has taken his game to another level. 20 goals on the season. Uh, Was it, did he get to 21 or is he still at, uh, was the second one number 20 tonight? I really hate the new NHL.com. It legitimately sucks, but he's got 20 goals already. We're not halfway through the season. He has been excellent and just really showing what, the second level of uh, of development can look at look like I know I want to talk about Owen Tippett in a little bit like we're we're looking at Owen Tippett and they showed you know some of his advanced uh, some of those NHL edge shots tonight tonight where it's like all of his shots his uh, shot velocity his skating velocity he's top you know he's 95 95th percentile and like all these stats you would think maybe he's the one with 20 goals no he has 12 Maybe it's going to take a little longer than we were hoping, uh, but uh, we're hoping for right now. But I just see like, okay, Travis Konechny can maybe be that blueprint for a second level of development. Like you get there and then you enter your prime and you continue to get even better as, as TK has done. But just looking at what this top line is right now with, with Konechny and Farabee and Couturier, uh, man, Farabee and, and Konechny have really developed tremendous chemistry. And I'm going to ask Charlie about this because he tweeted about it. You know, we were a couple of weeks ago saying, man, Farabee and and uh, and Bobby Brink, they just have some damn good chemistry. It's looking like that's a duo you want to keep together. Maybe Farabee just has awesome hockey sense and knows where to be because it was, you know, with Brink, obviously not a uh, not a shoot first kind of guy. It's it's Brink setting up Farabee, and now suddenly Farabee playing with a natural goal scorer and Travis Konechny, it's Farabee setting up TK. So it's been really good, this group. I wonder if just something to get the depth going. Maybe you put Brink with Farabee and Coots because you've seen that work before with Farabee and Brink, like I'm just saying. Uh, maybe you get Frost back in the lineup and put him with TK and either Tippett or Forster, one of the two. Uh, whatever it is, just to have a little bit of secondary scoring, because right now, 
it's one line, and it's basically one guy. It's Travis Konechny, and obviously Farabee's had a big part, and I don't want to downplay that, but maybe just something to get somebody else going because you're not going to win like this. You just played Columbus, who didn't look like they were going to – didn't look like they were going to get to 20 shots on goal for half of this game, and then suddenly they win, it, that's not good enough. It's it's just simply not good enough. Have to figure something out, and that's goes along with some of the lineup decisions that John Tortorella made tonight. Frost, a scratch. Atkinson, a scratch. Now we've been talking about Cam Atkinson and his... Uh, Prolonged slump at this point. No goals, four assists in his last 22 games. That is after he had eight goals and four assists in his first 15 games. So he has just fallen off an absolute cliff. He was taking a ton of penalties. He just looked slow. We've been talking about Cam Atkinson coming out of the lineup. Morgan Frost, well, obviously you got to bench Frost. Team hasn't looked good, so you hit the bench Frost you know, default button basically for John Tortorella. Um, I listen. Frost hasn't been awesome since Noah Cates has been out. I kind of, when I saw it was both of them, I was like, "Oh, so Noah Cates is back." And even when you came in tonight, you were like, "Oh, so how's Cates looked?" I was like, "No, they went with eleven forwards." JP, like, hard to believe, but yeah, you know, coming back, first game back from a uh, a long road trip. Let's have a short bench. Let's go with short number of forwards. But Frost, like, in the 16 games and now 17 games that Noah Cates has been out, three goals, four assists. It's his 11th time being scratched this year. That's probably too many, but he hasn't been very good. But when I'm looking at a team that cannot score a goal, Frost has a chance to create something. And taking him out of the lineup just to go with 11 forwards and putting in Rhett Gardner, who has four points in 21 AHL games this year, that's just a horrible decision. I I have been on board with a lot of what John Tortorella has done this year. I thought, you know, he's been telling us the uh, the adversity is coming. This team's going to lose some games. He created adversity for no reason tonight. Oh, yeah, let's say eh, long road trip, first game back. Everyone's been sick. Let's go with 11 forwards. That's fucking stupid. I, I, like, I don't have any other words for it. Uh, Delorier finds his way back in. So, oh, yeah, well, Delorier's, but well, he doesn't score at all. He contributes nothing on offense. Rhett Gardner contributes nothing on offense. Ryan Paling, I'm a big fan. Uh, can we actually say he's like a top six guy? Ryan Paling was their second center like off the bench in three on three overtime. Now the man can skate. He certainly can. Are we, are we convincing ourselves he's a top six forward somehow? Cause that's not on the table. Mm-hmm. Maybe he develops into a third liner. I'm skeptical of that. The idea that he's your second center off the bench in overtime three on three. That's a ridiculous decision. I just did not like what they uh, did with the lineup tonight. And if it's going to be, well, Cam Atkinson stinks, so he can't play every night. Morgan Frost, we're going to continue to mess with him. He's going to be in and out of the lineup. They have to call somebody up. They have to bring in somebody who isn't just... Uh, what, what did it end up being tonight for... Uh, where did... I think it was like seven minutes for Rhett Gardner tonight. Rhett Gardner, 7-10 on ice to go along with uh, 7-28 
for Nick Deloria or not Deloria played 710 Rhett Gardner played 728 what what is the point of this like have somebody whether it's Samu Tulumala whether it's Tanner Lazinski Cooper Marodi bring up Cooper Marodi he leads the Phantoms in scoring at least he's played in the NHL before bring in someone who might contribute rather than Rhett Gardner who has no chance I, I just <laughs> I could listen to Bill attempt to read ads all day I barely read from that one that the the mortgage CS one isn't even a read it's just like here's a couple of things and just talk about it but now the <laughs> I, I just did not understand the lineup tonight. I guess, okay, Mark Stahl's goal last game, so he stays in the lineup. So maybe you want to go with seven defensemen because you know you can't play Stahl that much. But if he can only play, uh, what was it tonight? Uh, where'd he go? Mark Stahl, 11.59. 12 minutes was actually more than I expected. I guessed, uh, I guessed he'd play about 10. So 12 minutes, like, what's the point? <laughs> You're not... You're not putting the guys in the best possible position to win. Now they could have had twelve four. <clears throat> they could have had twelve forwards tonight. They could have had Samu Tuomala in the lineup, whatever, <laughs> and still lost this game because they're just struggling bad offensively right now. So, Bill, let's ask something here because <laughs> one thing we did know coming back from the West Coast trip, the Disney on Ice trip. Fatigue was an issue, right? There was some type yeah. of illness going on. Watching the game here today, obviously they had a one nothing lead for most of it, and you talked about it. Columbus shots on goal in the third period were atrocious. You saw a Travis Konechny moment in the third period. He's, you know, ailing on, on the on the boards there. So how much of this is fatigue? Because I'm with you. The Red Gardner one, I, I, I came up to you. I was like, why? Who is this guy? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I truly no. it's that's the part of it that is annoying me it's like we have we know all these things about the team you've told us the team is sick some guys are banged up why are we purposefully handicapping ourselves let's go with 11 forwards and two of them we don't trust to play 10 minutes all right you went with nine forwards tonight congratulations you played with three lines and you lost like and the dudes who are in there like again garnet hathaway love him not gonna score a goal for you probably scott lawton big fan he's been terrible offensively this season i i just named four out of your nine guys <laughs> like i i'm just i'm kind of baffled by the uh by the lineup decisions tonight maybe charlie when he does join us will have some answers uh but right now let me tell you about FOCO, baby. FOCO is the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead, they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, anything you need for game day. Maybe you need some accessories, toys, or collectibles for your man cave, she shed, or podcast set. You've got to use FOCO for all your team gear needs. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10. That's PHLY10 for 10% off at FOCO today. If you haven't yet, it's probably not that hard to find. I need you to go to my Twitter Watch the video I made of the uh, Ugly Eagles sweater. Tremendous stuff over at FOCO. And as you know, I have a personal vendetta against one of the other officially licensed gear uh, sites. <laughs> and I guarantee you, 
your experience with Foco will be better than them. Let's not name names. I don't because I don't think I'm even supposed to say what I just said, but it's Flyers post game. You think Foco's listening? Uh, maybe they are. Who's to say? Uh, but thank you all for listening. I'm not signing off. Uh, I'm just thanking everyone who is here after that stupid ass game we just watched because that's what it was. It was stupid. It was at least when it was boring for the first two thirds. It was like, well, okay, the Flyers are going to win a boring game. And then somehow they give up a couple of weird goals and it's tied and they get through overtime. They had a couple of nice chances, controlled overtime, but never really got it going. And I thought that Airson Magic was going to uh, carry over into the shootout, but he goes up against Johnny Goudreau. Johnny lights the lamp and that's all it took because Flyers were unable to score in the shootout. But just back to these lineup decisions, like, we already know this team can't score. They're eighth for the whole season, eighth from the bottom in goals per game at 2.92. Uh, on the road trip, they averaged two and a half goals a game. Uh, they've sco- they scored more than three goals just three times in the last 10. How does dressing Rhett Gardner help you? How does that, like, how do these lineup decisions help? Now, if you want as well, you know, Morgan Frost has been in for all those games. Okay, then take Frost out. But then call up somebody who might have a chance of scoring a goal. A Samu Tuamala, a Tanner Lazinski, an Ali Lixell, Cooper Marodi, whoever. Just someone who might be able to contribute offensively. And honestly, just leave Morgan Frost in. Just leave him in. He's gonna get he's gonna create some offense. Like, and I am the person, I don't believe Morgan Frost is going to be here in the long term. I don't think he's that good, quite honestly. If he goes and makes a real nice career for himself somewhere else after he leaves, um tip my cap to him. I I don't think it's gonna happen. But like we just like for now, while especially while you don't have Noah Cates. Leave him in. He's better than Rhett Gardner. Like I, I just don't understand some of these, uh, some of these decisions. But since we're making them, like how long until Tyson Forster finds himself in the press box? Now I'm not saying Tyson Forster is like my number one go-to guy here. Oh, get him out of there. He stinks. No, I'm just saying. No goals, four assists in his uh, last 13 games. Now after tonight. But he got a shootout attempt. Good for him. Uh, didn't score. Maybe that would be a reason to keep him in. Maybe that's why he got the. Uh, maybe that's why he got the opportunity tonight. He's the next one on the list. And Tortorella was like, "Give me a reason not to sit yet." Of course he didn't. I know every. Oh well, he's Tortorella's boy. So is Cam Atkinson. Didn't play tonight. Delorier last game didn't play. He's seen his stall has barely played. Even when he does dress, he doesn't play all that much. He's the number seven when there's seven defensemen. Tortorella has shown this year a willingness to scratch the guys he likes. He also has shown a willingness 11 times to scratch Morgan Frost, which is, of course, very funny. Uh, but I, I, I just don't get what the point of what they're doing lineup wise is you know uh and that's it's one thing when you can't score against a really good team like all right there are really good defensive teams in this league there are really good goalies in this league 
The Columbus Blue Jackets do not fall into either of those categories. Uh, Daniil Tarasov tonight came in with a goals against average of 4.02 and a save percentage of 877 this season, and it's 373 and 896 for his career. He is a below-average goaltender. That's what he is. Tonight, he was amazing against the Flyers. Columbus gives up 3.67 goals a game. That's the third most in the NHL. They also give up the third most shots. The Flyers got a ton of shots. But Tarasov closed the door. Maybe it's just, ah, some goalies have those nights. No. (laughs) If you are an actual playoff contender, don't let those nights be against you. Yeah, against the Flyers of last year, the last two years, you can go, eh, it just wasn't their night. Yeah, sometimes the goalie's better than you expect. No, I, I, I do not accept that excuse this season. Just not something I'm willing to... Tip my cap to Daniil Tarasov, who stinks. Score. Score on him. And that's that's what I wanted to get to with uh, with Owen Tippett tonight. Obviously, Owen Tippett was uh, one of the Flyers' standouts. He ended the game with... He actually didn't have a shot on goal in the third period, but ended the game with seven shots on goal, another two attempts that got blocked, and for that miss. So that's what, 11, 12, 13? 13 shot attempts for Owen Tippett tonight. Nice. You're making an impact. You were all over the place. You took the puck to the net a few times. Uh, almost <laughs> had a disaster taking the net, the puck to the net. I think that was an overtime when he went into the boards and no one could find it. Yeah, there's, so, like, thank you for working your ass off out there, Tippett. But uh, you're one of the dudes. You're one of the dudes who have to score if this team's going to make the playoffs. It can't be, okay, he's coming along. Like, your development, at least the first stage of your development is over. You're a first or second line player for this team, and you need to produce as such. He's just not. He just isn't right now. 12 goals is a nice total. He's going to finish the year with 27 or whatever it is. He'll get hot a couple more times and hit the exact number he hit last year. But he needs to be better. He needs to be better if this team is going to be what we thought they were a couple years ago, and that's ahead of schedule. Because right now is the worst-case scenario. Right now, it's Couturier, Konechny, and the goalie carrying you. And we said all along, you know, if it's the young guys contributing, if it's dudes who are going to be here long-term contributing, hey, man, if they don't get a top pick and make the playoffs because of that, that's fine. If it's the veterans and the goalies just killing it for you, that's not enough. That's not enough to justify what they're doing this season. So, and it's not enough of a reason to consider keeping Travis Konechny. If this team's legitimately five years away, yeah, you got to trade TK. And I really don't want to do that now because that dude has ascended to another level. If they are, and I hate to use this time frame because it's become such a joke, only two or three years away, though, you can justify keeping TK. But what I'm seeing right now, nah. You can't justify. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. Uh, where else do we want to get to? Oh, Scott Lawton. Oof. Another rough one for Scotty. Uh, I think he ended minus two with a penalty late in the third. Is that what it ended up being? Where'd you go, Scott Lawton? Yeah, minus two and uh, four penalty minutes. 
Yeah, that's not going to do it. That's uh, I. He's not the guy who scored 18 goals last year. That's why a lot of people said you really need to sell high, and it was a huge early mistake of the Danny Briere era uh, to not trade him. Also a mistake of Chuck Fletcher, maybe, at the deadline not to trade him. Uh, but you had the opportunity. Obviously, the reports are out there. They're offered a first-round pick for Lawton. They didn't take it. This might end up being a uh, a pretty big mistake because what we've seen out of him this year has just been nowhere close. I, we all knew he wasn't that guy, right? Like, he scored 18 goals. That's not Scott Lawton. And again, big fan. I've early in his career, I just didn't didn't know what he was, and then he had a three, four, five year period where it was like, I don't know where in the lineup, but he's got a place in on my team. And then last year, just absolutely kills it. We all knew he wasn't that, but now, dude, the team is not good when he's on the ice. And you can say his line mates might have something to do with it. It's not as if Delorier or. Hathaway are exactly all-stars. Obviously, I think I think Tyson Forster got some shifts with him tonight. He's a nice player, but nowhere near a finished product, obviously. The team is worse when Scott Lawton is on the ice, and that has to be concerning for everyone, especially considering the opportunity you had at last year's deadline and the opportunity you had at the draft to trade him, and you didn't pull the trigger I wonder if Tortorella that like that's going to be the big test. You know, he sat Cam Atkinson, he sat Nick Delorier, sat Mark Stahl, but these are veteran guys playing poorly who aren't going to be here in the long run anyway. Scotty Lawton is the only, and we know he's the only guy wearing a letter out there. He is the culture setter. He's been demoted already. He's been playing fourth-line minutes for a couple of weeks. Will he come out of the lineup? It's going to be interesting to see. Will he come down? I wonder if maybe instead of benching him, they just got, yeah, he's banged up a little. Like Rather than say it's a healthy scratch situation, maybe they protect him a little with a... Uh, Ah, uh, yeah, it's he, you know, he got he took a hit and he's a little banged up. He's gonna miss two games or whatever, miss a game. I I don't know if that's the answer. Like, oh, bench Scott Lawton, fix everything. I don't know if that's the answer, but it is it does come down to, as we've said a lot with John Tortorella, if you're gonna be the accountability guy, if you're gonna be the one that preaches everyone has to do their job, everyone has to do what I'm asking of them, or they're not gonna like their ice time. Can't imagine John Tortorella has seen a ton out of Scott Lawton that uh, justifies his ice time. I will say, uh, I want to get to at least some sort of bright spot here. Samuel Harrison, despite not being perfect in the uh, in the shootout and despite giving up, you know, the goals that allowed the lead to go from two nothing to two two. Arison was damn good again tonight, and this is definitely something I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, Carter Hart got the last start uh, pre-Christmas break. We all remember the Detroit game. Gives up five in the first. Really shut it down after that, but gave up that extremely unfortunate sixth goal uh, to send the game to overtime. <sighs> since then, Arison has started three of the five since Christmas break. 
Again, not a back-to-back situation. They don't play again until Saturday afternoon. Not a spot where you would think the backup needs to go in. Not an obvious backup spot tonight. And it's Samuel Erson, and he was pretty damn good. Uh, I will definitely give him, I wonder when we do Charlie O'Connor's three stars of the game, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if he includes Samuel Erson because even with... uh, I have to imagine all three are going to be flyers. Uh, It would be tough to say, oh, no, Daniil Tan. Tan. (laughs) Columbus is goalie. I can't say his name right now. He's probably going to get one. We're going to have two flyers, I would think, in the uh, three stars of the game. You would assume TK is one of them. Maybe he goes Farabee. Uh, He he is in love with Farabee right now. That's going to be my guess. It's Tarasov, Farabee, Konechny for three stars of the game. But I want to know what he thinks of Samuel Ayerson tonight and what this split has become because kid's been good. Kid has been really, really good. And it appears as if the second half of the season, at least based on what we have seen to this point, and it's only been five games, but it appears to this point, this is going to become a tandem and not a Carter Hart up here, back up down here. Now, Samuel Harrison, and I keep saying his name because I know I'm on a good roll saying it correctly. <laughs> it looks like he's, if not pushing for the starter spot, at least redefining what the goalie status is right now. It's went from, yeah, Carter's number one, and that's clear cut, to... Got a little bit of a competition. It's not a controversy, but it is a competition, and the dude playing better is the dude who's going to be in there. I think Carter Hart, outside of the uh, outside of the Detroit game, has been fine lately. Uh, but if you look at his numbers over the last five or six, compare him to Arison's over the last five or six, Sam's been better. So Sam's going to get at least half of the starts, and I like this. I like what they're doing. They're not just giving it to Hart. It's the first time Hart has really had any sort of competition since they brought him up. Uh, any sort of, yeah, you're, you might not be the guy. Like Even when it was you know, 100-year-old Brian Elliott or they bring in Cam Talbot, and it's like, yeah, Cam Talbot left because he wants to go start somewhere or at least wants to play more than one out of every four. You know, and last year with Felix Sandstrom, they... Did not seem to want to uh did not seem to want to put him in for any reason whatsoever. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this is uh seeing how this is gonna go. We have uh we have Charlie. This TV might be on mute. Is it okay? Charlie, we are joined now by Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter. It is Charlie O'Connor. You got me, Chuck? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Yes. Doing the shows on StreamYard, I almost forget that, like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a little different when I'm back in studio. But here you are, Charlie, and what a night to be here. Travis Konechny named an all-star. Cutter Gauthier, you know, game winner to send his team to the gold medal round. And everything else around the Flyers is uh, is on fire. So I want to start, <laughs> start tonight with the lineup decisions because that's what I've been going on about for a lot of this. Now, I understand Cam Atkinson coming out of this lineup. He has not been good lately. Uh, no goals, four assists in his last 22 games. Had eight goals in the first 15. He has fallen off a cliff. But we know 
that this team is either sick or getting over being sick. We know that coming home from a long road trip, that first game back, a lot of coaches say it's the hardest part of a road trip is your first game back, actually. Why would the coach intentionally hinder his team by going with 11 forwards? Bill, it's an extremely good question because it's absolutely a valid criticism. I, I thought the decision to go 11 forwards, and not just to go 11 forwards, but to go these 11 forwards was misguided from the start. And I think it burned them because you look at it. Okay, you're coming back from a long trip. Guys are sick. Guys are tired. You know, and we, we asked Travis Connect me at the game. He basically said, look, every game's tough right now, and that's fair. But this was an especially difficult one, and it's against a team that you really should beat. Columbus isn't that good. So you go 11 forward. You have Brett Gardner, who had four points in 21 games in the AHL this season. And Nick Delorier, who you scratched the last game and who has, I think, three points in 36 games this year. So in the third period, I guess understandably, you don't play them. Brett Gardner gets one shift in the third. Nick Delorier gets zero shifts in the third. So that means the entire third period, you're playing with nine guys. Coming back from a road trip with guys getting over the flu. Look, I understand scratching Cam Atkinson. I don't agree with them scratching Morgan Frost, but I'm not going to say that Morgan Frost has been setting the world on fire. He hasn't been. But did you need to scratch both of them in this game? Could you just have scratched one, kept the other end? Or alternatively, could you maybe have called someone up who is a little bit better than four points in 21 AHL games, Rhett Gardner, who maybe you do trust to take more than one shift in the third period. To me, this was needlessly putting your team in a bad position, coming back from a trip. I mean, and, and take a look at the ice time numbers. Travis Konechny finishes with 26 minutes, 26-18. That's nuts. And it was unnecessary. They didn't have to do it. And look, Travis Konechny was, was on tonight. He was flying. I get it. You, you want to ride your guys. But 26 minutes? You wouldn't have had to do that if you didn't go to nine forwards in the third period. And that was a decision that you yourself put yourself in the position to have to make because Rhett Gardner's not an NHL player and Nick Delorier is just a fighter. Like you end up having to go with nine forwards in the third. You give up a two goal lead in the third. Like I wonder if these two things might be connected. Joel Faraby straight up admitted after the game, he said, you know, I thought we played a pretty good game, but we didn't attack as much as we should have in the third. Is it possible that if they're rolling four lines instead of three, maybe they would have had that little bit more energy to be able to attack in the third, get another goal, put this game away? It's impossible to know for sure, but it couldn't have hurt. To me, and I'm not saying he was the only person at fault here, but this was a, a poorly planned game by John Tortorella. Like, I don't think he deserves the entirety of the blame for the loss, but he deserves a non-insignificant share of it. No, I'm right there. Listen, I have uh, sung the praises of John Tortorella this season, giving him a ton of credit. I think right now he should be the favorite to win the Jack Adams Award. Um, he keeps telling us that adversity and losses are coming. Well, damn it, if they're not, I'm going to create them. Seems to be his. <laughs> seems to be what he decided tonight. And like, uh, like the Delorier and Gardner thing. Like that's okay. You also have Hathaway. I love him. He ain't scoring. Scott Lawton, I love him. 
He's been an offensive black hole this year. You only have so many guys with even a chance of scoring a goal. Like you came in eighth from the bottom in goals per game this year. They averaged two and a half goals on the road trip. They've scored more than three goals just three times in the last 10. How does Rhett Gardner help you? Like if this is what we're going to do, if we're going to go, well, Cam stinks, so he can't play every night. Morgan Frost, yeah, bench him 11 times. That makes sense, even with no Noah Cates still. They have to call someone up. I don't care if it's Cooper Marodi, if it's Samu Tuomala. They have to call up somebody who has a chance of scoring. Like, you had two guys in the lineup tonight with 11 forwards play less than seven and a half minutes. Uh, How can you win this way? I I just, I'm very, very annoyed by these decisions. A decision I started off the show talking about, and it's not on the level of these other lineup decisions we discussed, Charlie, but the only guy on this team who can score is Travis Konechny. He's been excellent, 20 goals, two of them tonight. He seems to know how to put the puck behind Daniil Tarasov. No one else does. How is it that Sean Couturier and two rookies are the ones chosen for the shootout and not the only guy on the team who can actually score? So... I don't think Travis Konechny in his career has been very good at, at the shootout. I truthfully, I, I this is me going by memory. Um, I don't know where I can pull up shootout records. I actually tried to look like individual player shootout records. I tried to do it while we were downstairs. Couldn't find it. If anybody can, can point me a, a site that allows for me to check and see how players have done historically in the shootout, please do that because I don't know where to look. That said, look, Konechny was on tonight. And... I would not have had a problem had, even if Konechny does, by my memory, have a bad record in shootouts, you say, you know what, he's flying tonight. He just scored on a semi-breakaway earlier in this game. He's been our best player. He deserves a shot just to show that he can get the sort of hat trick via the shootout. I'd have no problem with it. The reason why I can't get too mad about it, number one, I have a perception, which could be wrong, but I have a perception that he historically hasn't been good in shootouts. But second... I just view the shootout as more or less a crapshoot anyway. So it's hard for me to get angry about like, you know, unless you do something so egregious, like, I don't know, pick like Nick Delorier to go out there and do a shootout. Like beyond that, I'm, it's hard for me to get too angry about those types of things. But I did gather that a lot of people on social media were really angry about that end of the game. So, you know what? Sure. It, the Flyers lost. It was a frustrating loss. They lost to a really bad team. This is the kind of game where I totally understand why fans are ticked off. No, it's he's two for seventeen in his career. Okay, like, that makes sense. That's yeah, not that, good. That's about and I, I, it's not good. I, I knew his career numbers weren't good. It's just like the man scores a lot on the rush, right? That's something we've talked about all year. Like skating towards the goalie, he's pretty good. He scored two already. No one else scored any. It just seems like tonight is the night. Throw him out there rather than Sean Couturier, who has one move, and he didn't do it tonight, and it didn't go in, and then two rookies. Like, I, I, I started yelling about it to start the show, and I had to calm myself down because I'm like, this wasn't top five dumbest things I saw tonight, but it did very much annoy me. Uh, but you're right. It, it's not something we should go nuts about. However, come on. Get the only guy who can score out there. Uh, what else did I want to talk to you about tonight, Charlie? All right, let's uh, let's talk about what we're seeing 
from Samuel Erson. Now, I think it's very, very interesting. Now, we all remember Carter Hart got that final start before the Christmas break in that Detroit game. They just needed to get him in there. He got lit up in the first, gave up that horrible goal in the third, was pretty good in between, but we all know what that was. Since the Christmas break, Erson has started three of the five games. Obviously, pretty small sample size, but he's been good. He's been really good in the time he's been given. Is this becoming 50-50? I know this is a like recurring, we could just play, we could ask this question every single show, and I do, but we keep getting more data points. I don't think it's 50-50. I, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's going to eventually go out as Hart getting more starts than Erson. That said, I mean, the fact that Erson got the start was notable. It was notable that he did, and I thought Erson played a, a good game. I don't think he was incredible, but he played a good game. Uh, we talked to him after the game. It, it did appear that that second goal, I, I'm not even sure who it deflected off of, but it definitely it deflected like off somewhat. Yeah. yeah, somebody got it. You guys probably watch a ton more replays on it than we did because that's one thing people do have to understand about like when I'm at the game, I watch it in real time. I look up at the TV to see the immediate replays. So if like the broadcast then five minutes later goes back and, and slows down frame by frame, like you guys are going to have a better read on what happened than I did. So don't yell at me on Twitter when I still don't know exactly who touched the puck. That said... Um, it did. It was clear that it went. It went off of something because it clearly changed direction. So I'm not going to give him any uh, any grief for that one. He straight up said though he wishes he would have stopped the first one. I don't think that was a soft goal, but it was stoppable. And if you stop that one, then that happens right after you go up to nothing. Maybe the entire complexion of this game changes. Harrison's been good. I, I don't think. I don't think I'm being. Um, I don't think I'm using hyperbole by saying he's been good. I don't think he has been amazing incredible you need to take the starting goalie job away from carter hart good but i think he's looked like a good shell goalie and that's a great development for the flyers so i i don't know i've heard for too long from this organization that carter hart is our number one they've said it all season i am not ready to say nope erickson's the guy now because of you know a, a stretch of five starts at the end of december and early january but it's clear erickson's taken a bigger piece of the pie and i think that's a good thing for the flyers yeah, absolutely. It's I, I'm not calling it a controversy, but it does appear to be a competition. Like Carter Hart is really good if it does come down to a competition to see who starts 55, 60% of the games. He could very well win it. In fact, I'd probably bet him to. But I like that it's maybe going to be a little bit more that rather than, oh yeah, Hart starts three out of four, no questions asked. Uh, I, I want to get to the top line because they are the only group of players who I'm not currently just being like, what do you do here? What is it that you, you know? Uh, <laughs> so Travis Konechny, you know, named an all-star. Uh, Joel Farabee has been really good. They're centered by Sean Couturier. That line is the only one producing at this point. Is it to the point where you need to think about breaking them up? Because my idea right now is like, Maybe you put Brink with Farabee and Coots because we saw some chemistry with Farabee and Brink earlier. Maybe you get TK with Frost and then one of the Tippett and Forster guys. See if you can get one of those lines going. Because as it is right now, this is a one-line team. Yeah, and, and again, the Flyers aren't doing themselves any favors uh, in terms of making themselves a one-line team when 
I mean, look at it. Look, look at it right now. Now, look, again, I'm not saying Morgan Frost has been incredible. But what are the lines they essentially threw out here tonight? You had the Sean Gattari line, which was great. They scored all the goals. They did all the things. You had another line centered by Ryan Palin who, since he was moved into the top nine, has, like, an expected goal share of around 35% at even strength. Like, his line is getting killed. It's getting killed. He's not a top nine center. So then there, you have one line center by him. That line ain't, ain't going to score much. And then you got the other line center by Scott Lawton, who's been struggling pretty much all season. So you're putting yourself in position where, of course, you're going to only be a one-line team because you bench the only other center that has actually allowed, has, has facilitated the ability to control play. So no shit, you're only going to be a one-line team. That's on the Flyers. Now, granted, part of this is is out of their control in that the, and granted tonight it was in their control because they benched him, they expected Cam Atkinson, if he was able to come back healthy, to be a bigger contributor than he's been. Cam Atkinson has been a zero for over a month now. So that's hurting the scoring depth. Obviously, Noah Cates being out, and even before he went, went down, he wasn't what they expected him to be this season, but... I think he was eventually going to come out of you know come out of the slump he was in pre-injury. Him being hurt has hurt them. But to me, this is less of an issue. Like, look, they may have to break up that top line because right now Couturier, Konechny, and Faraby are your three best forwards. They just are. They're, they're your three best forwards. But before you go about breaking them up, I try to put the guys that aren't on that top line in slightly more conducive positions to succeed. I don't know. Just a thought. I fully agree with you. Listen, I have given up on Morgan Frost. I don't think he's going to be part of the future. I don't care. But, like, I don't care about his development. But, like, right now, Ryan Paling was the second center off the bench in overtime tonight. It went Sean Couturier, and then he was replaced by fucking Ryan Paling, who I have enjoyed this year. Maybe he can develop into a third liner. If he's your second center, you're not going to win many games. Like, this is, uh, it's mind-boggling to me right now. Now, we have discussed Owen Tippett a lot. I know that you're going to say to me, that's goal scorers, they're streaky. I say that all the time, and even when I get frustrated, I say it to myself. Seven shots on goal, I think he ended up with 13 attempts or something tonight. Um, He's everywhere. Is there something he can do other than just, like, keep firing and hope they go in? Like, is there something you're seeing that's like, yeah, he needs to do a little more X if he's actually going to score? Well, I do think that a lot of it is just keep firing. Eventually, some of these shots are going to go in because I do believe he has a plus shot. It's not as good as it maybe looked in juniors. We've seen a large enough sample. I'm confident enough to believe that like he's not a 13, 14% shooter, true talent at the NHL level. He just, I guess he just doesn't have the deceptiveness uh, to, to allow him to take full advantage of the velocity and the accuracy of his shot. The accuracy has been a little bit off this year, but the velocity is certainly still there. He can certainly still bomb it. Uh, He just isn't scoring as much as you would think someone with his shooting ability would be scoring. And maybe that's just never going to come around. That said, I do think he's going to score more than he has so far this year. After, you know, not getting a goal off of seven shots on goal is probably in the low nines right now. I think he's probably more of a true talent, 10 or 11 percent shooter. Um, And I think that will come around. That'll regress a bit. However, I do think that there has been an element of his game that's maybe been missing over the last few weeks. Um, honestly, most of the season, but especially the last few weeks, I don't think he is playing 
enough of a power forward game. That was really the big change he made in the second half of last season where he was taking more pucks directly to the net rather than just shooting from anywhere. It was Lenny carry this puck in the net and try to create a rebound or try to score a goal the way Travis Konechny did in the third period of this game. Just take it to the net, and sometimes good things happen. Travis Konechny straight up said he did not mean to send it through the five hole. He just lost control of the puck, and hey, take the take puck to the net. Sometimes you get lucky because the puck is in a dangerous area and the goalies are trying to account for what you might do. I don't think Tippett's done that enough. I'd like to see him do more of it. I do think that the shooting regression is coming, but if you combine shooting regression with getting a couple more, not even garbage goals, but a couple more power goals, let's call them, then maybe Owen Tippett looks a little bit more like the player we were hoping we were going to get this season. Uh, a couple more minutes here with Charlie O'Connor down at the Wells Fargo Center. Not going to keep you all night, Charlie, but a few more things I want to talk to you about. <sighs> Scotty Lawton, um, minus two tonight. Third period, hooking penalty, four penalty minutes in total. He uh, really looked to me as if he was starting to turn it around a bit on uh, at the end of that trip, the last few games. Not good tonight. Um, we've seen John Tortorella kind of veer from just the play in his favorites game. You know, Mark Stahl's barely played this year. Even when he's dressed, he doesn't play that much. Cam Atkinson sat tonight. That's his boy. Nick Delorier sat last game. He's one of the culture setters. Do you think it could be Scott Lawton soon? Look, the fact that last game Delorier got scratched, this game Atkinson got scratched, yeah, I think Tortorella is sending a message that I don't have any sacred cows. I think that's that's fair to say. That said, he still couldn't help himself. He he had to he had to press the Morgan Frost button because he wouldn't be John Tortorella if he didn't also press the Morgan Frost button because he just loves to do it. He loves to be like, oh well, things are going bad. Bench Morgan Frost. That's the solution. But I do think that it's fair to say that. Delorier's scratch shows that the players we thought were untouchable maybe aren't so untouchable. The thing with Lawton that does give him more lineup security than I think people want to accept is that he is such a big part of that penalty kill. Like, he is the guy on the duo with connecting. That is the duo that creates the shorthanded goals. And that's been such a big part of this team, especially because, yet again, this power play can't do shit they almost have to rely upon the penalty kill to be the momentum creator that the power play cannot be this year. And I think that probably plays into why Lawton hasn't been sat yet is because he's such an integral part of that PK. He has such good chemistry with uh, with Travis connecting on that penalty kill. Like, it wouldn't shock me if John Tortorella a couple times has thought about it and Bradshaw's came in and be like, I can't. Like, I, you, you can't take Scott Lawton away from me. He's too important in this penalty kill. And Torts is like, okay, you know what, fine. I'll give you lots. But I do think we're getting to the point where, yeah, maybe maybe Lawton may take a seat. He hasn't had a good year. I don't think he's been, like, maybe as bad as some people think he's been. Like, if you look at his total points, they're really not that far off from his point pace over the last three, four, or five years, aside from last year when he was getting played like a second liner, which was never going to happen again. Like, his point pace was going to go down. The two things that have dropped off dramatically from him this year are goals. He just ain't scoring goals. He has three. That's pretty bad. And then his two-way play is dipped off. Like, he's, made, he's taken too many bad penalties. He's had he's been involved in too many blown coverages. They're not driving plays of the degree they used to with Scott Lawton on the ice. So he's, there's been a drop-off. 
I don't necessarily think there's been so much of a drop off that you need to rush to get him out of the lineup. And it helps his case that he's certainly not the only guy who's struggling right now. Like as as underwhelming as Lawton has been, Cam Atkinson has been measurably worse. And that more speaks to how poor Cam Atkinson has been than the fact that Lawton's been great. But I do think that Lawton could certainly be a candidate for a scratch in the relatively near future, especially if John Tortorella just like he just seems like he's in a scratching mood. He seems like he's just feeling it. He's he's getting a little trigger happy. And I don't know if anybody's really safe at this point. He's he's feeling like, OK, I got to punish somebody. And it's just like, <laughs> well, my least favorite son is Morgan Frost. So he's one. Who's two? <laughs> Doesn't matter how many guys we got. I'm more dressed. Whatever. Uh, Charlie, we're going to get to your three stars. I just have to say I wanted to describe this game as Reservoir Dogs simply okay. because for like two thirds of it, it was just a bunch of guys sitting in a room bullshitting. And then at the end, everyone had their guns pulled on each other and it was madness. And right now, like with your suit jacket and your white shirt, and you look like you're in an empty room with like an interrogation light, you are reservoir dogs. So thank you for bringing this visual together for me. Uh, It's the most entertaining part of the game. Now, without further ado, it is time for Charlie O'Connor's three stars. Let's lead it off with star number three. Sure. So star number three, I will go with one Joel Farabee, who I thought, obviously, he didn't score any of the goals, but especially the first goal that Konechny scored, just a fantastic, fantastic pass from Joel Farabee. And even the second goal, yeah, that that's more of an individual effort from Konechny, but Farabee leads him with a really, really good pass to get him open in space. To me, and I tweeted this out during the game, I was very much on board with the idea of like never break up Joel Farabee and Bobby Brink. They have great chemistry. Keep those guys together. Now he's with Travis Konechny and they're showcasing pretty much the exact same chemistry. And at some point you got to look at it and you say, you know, did Joel Farabee really have great chemistry with Bobby Brink or does Joel Farabee have great chemistry with like all good offensive players at this point? It honestly might be the latter. I think Joel Farabee, I've been praising him pretty much from the start of the season, but now that he's finally on the top line, I think everybody who just looks at the box score is starting to see that like Joel Farabee is legitimately taking a leap this year. So he's my star number three. Let's go to star number two. Star number two is your all-star Travis connecting. Obviously he was named an all-star tonight. Uh, second all-star appearance of his career, two goals, all the offense the Flyers had. The second goal was, you know, a power move to the net. And this is a 5'10 guy who's pretty small. And he's just like, nah, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to go straight at the net and see what happens. And the first goal is just him putting himself in the right spot, making himself open for a pass, and then burying it. But connecting at 26 minutes played tonight, he was the, even more than Couturier, he was the team's horse tonight. He was the guy who they pretty much tried to, like, ask to carry them to a victory. Wasn't quite able to pull it off. He came darn close. So Travis Konechny, second star. All right. Now, I'm, I guessed what your one Columbus star was going to be, and I think that's where you're going, but I'm holding out that you do something a little special here. Star number one. No, I'm, I'm going with uh, with Daniel Tarasov. I mean, yeah. 39 saves on 41 shots, doesn't give up a goal in the shootout. I'm not saying that all of the shots were incredibly difficult. I thought he had a lot of shots from distance, but he made big saves and he just, he didn't falter. You know, this was a game, especially, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to those power plays and look, I'm not saying the Flyers power play is great, but they did have a lot of chances on the power play tonight. They, they generated a lot of shots. They had quality chances. 
Tarasov just shut the door. You know, that five on three, that two minute five on three, the Flyers could have scored on a couple occasions there. He made some big saves. And if the Flyers score on those power plays, on one or even two of those power plays, it doesn't matter that they get a bad bounce in the second goal because they're already up four to one. Who cares? Tarasov kept the, the Blue Jackets in the game. And then, you know, shit happened in third. But they don't have the chance for shit to happen in the third if Tarasov doesn't play as well as he did. That's, I was, who, I was, who are you hoping for me to pick? No, I, those were the three I guessed. I was hoping that you were just going to go, fuck it, Cutter Gautier, start number one. <laughs> like, yeah, I wasn't know, sure. I, yeah, I mean, that, that would be, hey, he was he was star number one in the, uh, in the USA yeah. game, and we'll see if he's star number one in the gold medal game. I was curious if you were, if you were hoping that I was going to pick Johnny Goudreau just to troll people. No. That was my thought. No, no, I was just the game was boring as hell outside of the last five minutes. I was like, oh, maybe he's just going to go Goche. But I did guess the three that you picked. So that is Charlie O'Connor. Thank you for joining us tonight, Charlie. I will see you. Uh, we'll be here live in studio at 3 p.m. tomorrow for our uh, sure our like one non post game this week. So make sure everyone tunes in. Charlie, have a great night. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Uh, not a ton of time left here tonight, but I do want to talk about Cutter Gauthier just to close. Uh, God damn. If he's been saving, unleashing that shot for uh, for a moment that mattered. He sure picked one tonight or well this afternoon. Uh, give his team a late lead to send Team USA to the World Junior Championship gold medal game. We'll all be rooting for him uh, tomorrow. I think it's 1.30 is the gold medal game, so that'll be cool to check out. Maybe we're probably going to watch a bunch of it right here in studio before we go live. So that game will probably be ending as we're going live or while the show's going on. So that'll be cool to see what happens with Cutter So how do, how do people watch it? That's, that's, that's the number one question. <laughs> it's the NHL Network. How does anyone ever watch it? I have no idea. <laughs> And if you watch the ads during this, there's like 1,400 people who watch NHL Network. Like the ads are all just paid programming. It's truly, uh, it's a damn shame. But that's why nobody has NHL Network. All right, that will basically do it for us. But before we wrap up, I gotta tell you, man. There's listen, lot of lot of fun events coming to town. If maybe you're following some of the wrestling news, some stuff got posted today for WrestleMania week that you're excited about, but the Flyers on a homestand right now. Maybe you want to check out this team in person, say what's up with this, uh, this Joel Farabee, uh, Travis Konechny connection, connection, uh, connection. I don't know. I was trying to make it happen. And I was like, I just I said like connection that. again. That's the same word <laughs> without connection. changing it at all. If you want to check out the Flyers Live or any events, you should do it with Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price 
guaranteed. And that will do it for all of us here at PHLY Flyers. But like I said, we will be right back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So make sure you're tuned in for that. And as always, PHLY Flyers, the post game, our regular show, whatever it might be, is presented to you by our friends at Mortgage CS. Do it right now. Text Ben. Text him something about the game. If you have a re- if you have a question about uh, maybe applying for a mortgage, being qualified, whatever it is, Mortgage CS, hit up Ben. I bet you he answers. I bet you he's already told us he's gotten some calls and texts both about sports and about mortgages. That means he's seeing it and he's answering. He'll get back to you too. All right, that's it for real. I'm actually wrapping up now. I know it's like my third time, but thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that follow button. Subscribe right here on YouTube and set your reminders. Never miss a live show. Follow us on Twitter at PHLY underscore Flyers and PHLY Flyers wherever you get your podcasts. You know the deal. My name is Bill Matz for Charlie, for JP. Have a great week, Flyers fans. 